0: All right, folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Mile High Sports. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. I'm the site manager over at Denver Stiffs and the host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast. Make sure to follow the program, subscribe to it uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Trying to grow it as much as we possibly can, and and as we hit this off season, and uh, you guys, you guys know what I've been doing over the course of these past few weeks. Uh, We've been going through a whole bunch of draft prospects and then free agency stuff and trade ideas. And I love this time of year because it it allows my creative brain and my math brain to kind of flock together a little bit and to be able to uh, share my thoughts and share my ideas. And then so I think a lot of people like to hear those and a lot of people like to talk about the offseason in this way. So I'm going to kind of balance that with some of the normal, like, hey, we got to talk about the Nuggets, we got to talk about the news, but it is always nice to be able to share those thoughts. So if you are interested, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. On this episode, we are going to be discussing initially Tim Connelly. Uh, It was updated over uh, the weekend from Adrian Wojnarowski that Tim Connelly was going to go visit in Minnesota, and talk to Glenn Taylor, the current owner over there. Uh, obviously, there's a weird ownership thing going on over there, but I I think that that's it's not surprising that Tim Connelly was taking a trip. And then on the second segments, we'll do some fan uh, some draft takes. I, I did an exercise last night on Twitter that I want to share. Um, and then final segment, we're going to talk about the Warriors a little bit because they definitely deserve some time to be discussed given what they're doing to the rest of the Western Conference. So let's first talk about Tim Connolly, though. Let's talk about what's going on in Minnesota and and kind of in Denver right now because it's pretty clear based off of what's going on in Minnesota that they are looking to add a top-level exec. That's, That's the reporting that's come out of there. And the offers that they're throwing out, this, this ownership triangle that's going on between uh, the current owner, Glenn Taylor, and the two prospective owners, the guys that are hoping to take over. Uh, there's a, an interesting deal that, that they're trying to kind of shift ownership into uh, fr- from it being Glenn Taylor to those guys, Mark Lore, Alex Rodriguez, former uh, very famous baseball player. Uh, that triangle is working together right now to try to get a top level executive, to get somebody who can lead their basketball operations and kind of be the face of it. And it's not surprising that they targeted Tim. It's not like, as we, as we talked about on Friday, it's not surprising that they have gone this direction and they are continuing to go this direction. Actually, we talked about this on Thursday. My apologies. Um, but the offer they've thrown out there, it's serious, and, and it's caused ripples through NBA circles. There was a lot of talk about this at the NBA Draft Combine, apparently. It was one of those things that, uh, if, you're, if you're an insider, uh, this was this was kind of the conversation that Tim Connolly, one of the big draft guys, and the Nuggets, kind of the, one of the best drafting teams, him moving over could be a, a big thing for the rest of the Western Conference, and It has ripple effects on everybody else. And when you get offered that amount of deal, that amount of money, it's going to make some news. It's going to be a big, big talk. Uh, So I'm not surprised that things haven't fully solidified yet. I'm recording this on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. I was waiting to see if uh, on, on top of just hanging out with friends last night. I was waiting to see if there would be some news that comes out about Tim over the course of this weekend and into this morning, but nothing has dropped as of 10, 12 a.m. But it seems like the ball is in the Nuggets' court, that Minnesota has given their offer. They have discussed various things with Tim. He would have full autonomy on a lot of these decisions and wouldn't necessarily have to go through ownership in order to make like a lot of the final calls on the basketball stuff. And if you've got full autonomy and you've got that open checkbook in a lot of cases, then that seems pretty enticing. In addition, I posted a video on Saturday of the Minnesota Timberwolves revamped training facility. They have, they obviously revamped Target Center, but they have the Mayo Clinic Center, which is kind of a a practice facility slash basketball operations office for their three teams. And they have the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Lynx, the WNBA affiliate, and the Iowa Wolves, which is the G League team. And so it's just, it's very impressive what they've done over there from a basketball operations standpoint. And I'm sure that Tim wouldn't necessarily be opposed to being in an environment like that. That seems like a dream for an exec to be able to lead a building like that and and to lead an organization like that. But now Glenn Taylor isn't a great owner. Uh, he's been cheap in a lot of different ways, but he did pay for a practice facility. He has paid for uh, these other aspects of his team that are very, very important to kind of establishing the foundations and the culture. And so for me, it seems like Tim Connolly at this point is looking for reasons to stay rather than per se reasons to go. Because there are a lot of reasons to go. Like it seems like a lot of money, it seems like a really great opportunity for him and if he could solidify his own life and career and and salary and whatnot, then that seems like a really great deal that they're throwing at him, and it's, it's extremely competitive. But Tim's looking for a reason to stay. He wants to be in Denver. He's built relationships here. The process isn't complete. He's asking for a pay raise, and that's not surprising given that he wasn't making nearly as much as what he's being offered right now to go to Minnesota. But he's not asking for the moon. He's not asking for an insane amount of money on his contract. He's just asking to be paid competitively. And like he just wants to be valued. I think everybody sort of has that feeling that if you're Tim and you've done such a great job here in establishing this culture, keeping everything together through thick and thin, and think about what's happened with injuries over the course of this last 14 months. Lesser teams and lesser cultures would have crumbled in this situation. We've seen those teams crumble in this situation. The Brooklyn Nets absolutely shattered into a million pieces, multiple times. The Nuggets are a team that has stayed together, similar to the Warriors, similar to the Thunder, through uh, their massive amounts of turmoil, and and not not turmoil, but like, they, they had Kevin Durant leave them and Sam Presti is still there. And the reason Sam Presti is still there is because it's pretty clear that he's very good at his job. Bob Myers in Golden State, same thing. Masai Ujiri, clearly very good at his job. Tim Connolly also clearly very good at his job. No wonder he wants to be valued. But he also wants other reasons to stay. He also wants Nuggets ownership to treat him with that respect. And so when you're Tim and back in 2019, you are being courted by the Washington Wizards and you make certain requests of ownership, one being a practice facility for the team. And then three years later, when you're being courted again, that practice facility isn't anywhere close to manifesting. That's a that's a promise that has fallen through. It's a that's a not necessarily in a contract that it was going to happen, but he was promised a practice facility. He wanted that for the Nuggets. He wanted a better revamped facility for the Nuggets to get better, a, a better training room, a better weight room, things like that, it's like like what most NBA teams have nowadays. Instead. The Nuggets are still practicing out of the same high school gym and same middle school weight room that they've had since the year 2000. It's just we're we're out of those times now. This is just not how things are done anymore in professional sports. If you are an elite team, if you are an elite franchise, you get the best of the best. And if the Nuggets want to be treated that way, then they should have the best of the best too. I don't think it's an unreasonable request for Tim Connolly to be to be making here. But the entire saga right now, the entire saga comes down to honestly whether the Nuggets are willing to pay up because it's, it's why I have questions of them paying the tax. It's why I have questions about why they did a hybrid G League team that's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. As opposed to something that was closer to Denver that might have been more expensive to run, but would have been better for the Nuggets organization, that was a money move. They were pressured into getting a G League team, and so they found the basically the cheapest possible way to do it. It's why coaches and front office personnel are constantly leaving for jobs and for raises. Jobs that will pay them more. Ownership has an opportunity to change the narrative on this if they want to. They just might simply not care. They have other things that are on their minds. They have other business ventures. They've got other money-making endeavors that might come before a Nuggets practice facility or Tim Connolly's happiness or things like that. A report came out some time back that the Nuggets, or not the Nuggets, the Nuggets ownership, KSE, who had bought up Elitch Gardens and the the parking lots behind Ball Arena, that they were looking to develop those into an apartment complex, into a really, really nice-looking apartment complex. And I'd I'd love to live there. It's probably going to cost $4,000 a month in order to live at a place like that. But it seemed like a nice thing for them to be doing to make the, the environment nicer and, and there would be some nice property value that is associated with that. But it doesn't look like a nuggets practice facility is in those plans. Doesn't look like the nuggets are really factored into that decision. It's more of just making money at that point and, and being smart with your business. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for KSE. It's bad for the Nuggets. They could definitely use that. But I don't think it's in the cards. And I just don't think that there's a lot of room for error on this one. Because I, I don't think that Tim is going to willingly like just say, Oh yeah, you'll, you'll get to it when you get to it. It doesn't feel like ownership... Has the full, like they they're backing the Nuggets fully. It's not like they're they're wildly invested in the Denver Nuggets success at this point. And it's why I'm now predicting Tim Connolly to leave. I think he's probably gonna go. I, I felt differently before the weekend, I felt differently before this report, and before I had heard some things. It's not just about the money and the salary, it's just about the franchise's commitment. To, willing, uh, to winning, excuse me, and the willingness to pay for winning. Because the best franchises in the NBA are the ones that are willing to invest in their people and are the ones that are willing to invest in their space and making sure that those people have the best chance to succeed that they possibly can. The Nuggets are not at their best right now. If they had a full-on practice facility and a full-on basketball office, rather than just working within the arena in, in kind of the, the dark alcoves where they usually are, things would be a little bit different. I do think that the Nuggets have an opportunity to turn it around, that if they were willing to commit, if the, if the ownership group was willing to commit to giving Tim Connolly what he wants, then Tim would stay. There's no doubt. And that doesn't necessarily come down to a massive contract bump for him. He would, I mean, if if I were him, I'd be looking for a massive contract bump because that is life-changing money, of course. But Tim doesn't seem like a money-driven guy. He wants to compete, he wants to win, and he wants to do it with the people that he cares about. And he clearly cares about the Nuggets organization greatly. He wants to be here, doesn't necessarily want to go. Like I said, he wants to finish what he started. It's so rewarding. But if he has to continue to put up with the roadblocks, then that might be a reason to leave. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk NBA draft and we're going to talk Nuggets fans, NBA draft takes. We'll be right back. back at it pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love and support as always on the program wanted to share my thoughts on the nba draft now and, and i'm gonna combine a couple of segments into one here this will be the bulk of the podcast i want to talk about what nuggets fans want what they are hoping for the nuggets fans or for the nuggets to do in the nba draft there's been a lot and, and there's been a lot of discussion on trading up. There's been a lot of discussion on trading down, on trading out of the pick and finding a, a a potential upgrade on the wing using the 2022 draft pick. and I think all of those possibilities are still viable. But what I wanted to do on Twitter was I wanted to share an opportunity for people to basically do an impromptu survey who do you want the Nuggets to draft with the 21st overall pick? That was what I asked. I got several responses, and I I recorded those findings, all of those responses, and I'm going to share them now. Got 134 separate votes, and there were some people that listed multiple players. What I basically did was I took the player that they listed first, the player that if you if you gave me a list of three names that you wanted the Nuggets to draft, because I asked for one, but if you gave me three, I just get I just added the first one that was listed. I sifted through some of the other stuff and ultimately came out with one hundred and thirty four one thirty four total votes, which is great. That's that's a pretty sizable number for a, a good survey for who Nuggets fans are looking at, what they would prefer. So let's dive in. 134 total votes, 38 total players. That is a lot of guys. That is a lot of different players that you could draft at 21st overall. And I got names as that were kind of ranked as highly as Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith. Uh, Those guys are not drafting the 21st overall. Like they're not dropping there. They're probably going one and two respectively. And I got some names that were kind of off the board, like Audis Tony. Uh, who's another good wing that uh, Vince Williams, who is a teammate of Bones Highlands uh, at VCU. Uh, there's other guys that I got that aren't necessarily in the top 75 or the top 100 of various big boards, but I included them anyway. 38 total names, 134 total votes. The leading vote getter by far with 25 out of 134 votes was Nikola Jovic, I'm not really surprised by that. We have a large Serbian following, and anytime you get somebody with the name that's as close to Nikola Jokic as you possibly could, that is going to draw some attention. And so, some of the responses definitely were memed. Like, There's a lot of people that want the Nuggets to draft Jovic because he sounds so close to Jokic, and that's really the only reason. It's not necessarily from a competition standpoint. It's more of a, wow, they've got Jovic and Jokic. That's pretty cool. And there there is something to that. I also think that Jovic is, he's likely to be a good NBA player. I I don't see, like, he's a good passer. He's a smart player. He seems like a guy that could definitely at least be a backup forward. Like somebody who is going to help out other team or help out a team within their rotation and be a potentially helpful connector piece. Is he going to be a starter? I don't know. Is he going to be a star? Probably not. Is he going to be a bust? Maybe. But 25 out of 134 votes when 38 total players were were offered up by Nuggets fans, that is a sizable contingent and it's more than double each of the next two names, Ochai Akbaji and Jalen Williams, both wings. Uh, I Some people list Jalen Williams as a forward. He's really a true small forward, which I consider still a wing, uh, but he's like 6'6", and definitely still makes sense to me as a as a wing prospect. But both of those guys, along with Marjon Bochamp were the only other names to accumulate double-figure vote counts. And that's not surprising. Those are three of the names that have really popped for Nuggets fans as potential wing options that could really assist the Nuggets as soon as next season. All three of those guys have different characteristics that would help Denver. Ochai Baji is basically your, your stereotypical 3-and-D guard who can really help out a team by just spacing the floor and defending. He would be helpful. Jalen Williams, he went under the radar at Santa Clara, and I went down the rabbit hole of sort of profiling him, of trying to figure out just how good he was, and and I came away with the belief that he's a lottery talent, not just somebody who could be a first-rounder. He was off the board, uh, like off the first round board for a lot of people. Seems like he's going to be rising. It seems like he's going to rise up into at least the 20s and potentially into the teens. I doubt that he goes top 10, but it does seem like he he definitely helped himself out at the Draft Combine. That was a big story there. And he's like 6'6 with a 7'2 wingspan. That's insane. That is an insane measurement for a wing. So that's like, no doubt he's going to get some looks now. And plus he he tested pretty well athletically too. And then you've got Marjon Beauchamp, who was for the G League Ignite this past year. He's 21 years old. One of the guys that I thought, okay, this seems like a, a very reasonable pick for any team looking for a defensive wing. He may not be the most athletic wing out there, there are are less athletic wings, by the way, but he does have that six, seven length. I'm pretty sure he tested with a seven foot wingspan, like at least seven foot, and he has good defensive instincts. He's somebody that you want as both an on-ball and off-ball defender, and Denver could absolutely use that. They could absolutely use the length. All of these guys, including Akbaji, have good length. And the length and athleticism on the wing is probably the most important thing that the Nuggets could be looking for. Here are other names that Nuggets fans said that they wanted. And by the way, so Nikola Jovic had 25 votes, Ochai Akbaji and Jalen Williams each had 12, Marjan Beauchamp had 11. And so this is out of 134 total votes. Those are the only four names that had double digits the other or the next four the next four guys that had in between 5 and 8 David Roddy with 8 Christian Brown with 8 Kendall Brown with 7 and Tari Eason with 5 different mix i think here i think Tari Eason is probably going to be selected before 21 Kendall Brown possibly the same thing David Roddy definitely more of a local guy and and somebody that nuggets fans because he's at Colorado State definitely would hope to be acquiring. I don't necessarily have a first-round grade on David Roddy. I think that he's a guy that could potentially help Denver if they were to trade down, but he has enough weaknesses and isn't really the position that they're looking for in my opinion. He's more of a four. He's more of somebody that that is going to play a PJ Tucker style role. He is a smart guy, which is probably one of the more important things that Denver can add. But given that they already have Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon and Zeke Naji, all three are probably best at power forward. It's just not the position that I would personally emphasize. I would be looking more for a wing. Christian Brown, definitely a wing here. Definitely a possibility. But he also has a negative wingspan. He's, I, th- I think he measured at 6'7 in shoes and with a six foot six wingspan. That is not good. That is not what you would be hoping for from a defensive playmaker standpoint. He did test well and, and did perform well in college as an on-ball defender. And he's a smart defender. He's somebody that moves his feet really well. And that's what he's going to have to do at the NBA level in order to maximize that but is he the guy that I would personally draft over Ogbaji, Jalen Williams, MarJon Bochamp? No, I, I wouldn't. I would prefer those other guys, but it's also possible that those three are off the board. And by the way, Nikola Jovic, I personally would not select him. It's not because he isn't good, but like I talked about, he's a power forward uh, with Roddy. Jovic is a power forward He's somebody that isn't going to be able to get on the floor as quickly as people would hope, and I would just be a little bit worried about Denver's ability to play defense with him and Jokic together, and Denver's looking to improve their defense, their playoff defense especially. They have the offense. I'm not sure that they, like they need somebody that can really help out defensively. So you've got Jovic at 25, Ochai Baji with 12, Jalen Williams with 12, Marjon Beauchamp with 11, David Roddy with 8, Christian Brown with 8, Kendall Brown, who's a Baylor uh, wing. More of a forward than a wing, honestly, but he he's 6'8". He's extremely athletic. Jeremy Sohan is in the next tier, and he's more of a kind of power forward type, but it does seem to me like both of those guys from Baylor are going to be drafted pretty high. And you've got in the next tier down uh, that what Nuggets fans are hoping to draft the 21st overall, you've got Wendell Moore Jr., Johnny Davis, Jeremy Sohan, and Bryce McGowans. Those are the only guys with at least three votes among the remaining list. So I just listed 12 names pretty much and there were 38 total players that were listed. So 26 players had in between one and two votes. And so the other guys with two were Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, both bigs, Jabari Walker, a CU guy, and EJ Liddell, uh, who's also at Ohio State. I profiled Malachi Brannon uh, for Ohio State. He wasn't actually voted on at all. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that because I, th- I think he's pretty talented. He's not as good of a defender, but he is positionally helpful for Denver. Um, and then Dale and Terry, who is at Arizona, along with Benedict Matherin, the, uh, the better wing of the two. And Vince Williams, who, like I said, played with Bones Highland at VCU. So I thought this was an interesting exercise for a number of reasons. And so it's it's a good way to kind of help gauge where the Nuggets fan base is at, what they're looking for. Everybody seems to be, or not everybody, but a lot of people seem to be high on Nikola Jovic. They think that he's going to be a, an extremely helpful player. And it's also sort of a, a good fit, obviously, between him and Jokic and, and the Serbian connection. And there's a lot of reasons to opt into that, by the way, like could Nikola Jovic be the new Vlaco Chanchar? And then you kind of fill out the other uh that the 15th roster spot, the one that Vlako was kind of filling out, you could add somebody else in, and, and at least Jovic would be a little bit more helpful, I think, and a little bit more talented in general, to get better and, and potentially help out Denver in the long run. But that that might be a reason why Nuggets fans are hoping to do that. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's more for meme potential, but I also calculated the votes by position and out of the 134 total votes, only four votes went to guards. Nuggets fans definitely not looking at guards right now. The highest vote are there only there were four guards that were listed. Hugo Besson, Jean Montero, Alondis Williams, and Trevor Keels. Those were the four guards that were listed in this survey. There were only nine big votes. As I mentioned before, you had uh, Jalen Duren and Mark Williams. They each had two. Kai Soto, Kenny Lofton Jr., Walker Kessler, Chet Holmgren, shout out Jake Shapiro, uh, and Kofi Cockburn were the other five bigs that were also listed. The majority of the votes 64 out of the 134 were given to wings, and then 57 out of 134 were given to forwards. Nuggets fans, I think, are very much on the, we've got the guards solidified. We have Nikola Jokic at the big man position. Let's draft a quality wing. Let's draft a quality forward. And so I think Nuggets fans are pretty much all on the same page there. It's, it's more about what is in between Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic long-term. Because you've got Monte Morris and Bones Highland in the backcourt. That seems like e- even if Denver makes some trades and makes some alterations, they have the talent there. And then if, you've, if you're if DeMarcus Cousins and you re-sign in Denver, then there's definitely a possibility that the Nuggets are just set at the big man spots. They don't need any more bigs. Now, I, I still don't think that's true. And I think that they could potentially get somebody that doubles as a forward and a big or or maybe it's just a more versatile big than what Boogie's doing but i do think that nuggets fans are pretty much on the same page where get the 66 guy get the 68 guy get the 610 guy whoever you got to get just somebody that is a versatile athletic player that can help out denver on either the offensive end the defensive end but hopefully both and I'm not surprised that the Nuggets fans are are kind of in this, in this uh, frame of mind. Last thing before we go to a break, I'm listing out my top wing options in the draft right now. This is Denver's biggest weakness. This is where I would focus. I would focus on the wings over the forwards personally, uh, because I think that there are more forwards that Denver could get on free agency, fewer wings that they can get in free agency in general that are extremely talented. like They can get a wing for relatively cheap that is going to be a potential 15 to 20-minute guy, but they're not going to be able to get a 30-minute guy, in my opinion. So this is the biggest weakness for Denver, and here are the wings, in my mind, that are the best. And some of these guys, Denver's obviously not going to be able to draft, but I've got Shaden Sharp at the top, Benedict Matherin, Dyson Daniels, AJ Griffin, Johnny Davis, Malachi Branham, Marjon Beauchamp, Ochai Baji, Jalen Williams, Wendell Moore, Dalen Terry, Christian Brown, Blake Wesley of Notre Dame, Bryce McGowans, and Max Christie. Those are the top, I think, what did I list? Like 15 or so? Let's just count this really quick. Three, six, nine, 12. Yeah, top 15 wings. And some of those guys are going to be off the board. Like I think everybody after or before Jalen Williams is definitely going to be off the board. If Marjon Beauchamp is on the board, I think Denver should take him. If Malachi Branham is on the board, I think Denver should take him. I'm surprised he got no votes. Um, I just profiled him for Denver Stiffs. You should go read that. And I'm just kind of surprised that not as many people are, are as excited about Malachi Branham because he's an extremely talented player from a, a shooting perspective. But I do think that if Denver has their pick of the litter between guys like Jalen Williams, Wendell Moore, Dale and Terry, Christian Brown, I think the guy that they should take is Jalen Williams. I think that Wendell Moore is probably the next guy. Dale and Terry after that. And Christian Brown. After that, none of the others I would really take with a first round pick. I'm not even sure I would really take Christian Brown with a first round pick. I'm I'm very concerned about his wingspan. I'm very concerned about the physical traits. If he's good enough, then he's good enough. And and maybe that maybe proves me wrong because he he does seem like a high basketball IQ guy, a high level of defensive positioning. But I think that Denver just needs more tools. They need guys that can make plays and be physically imposing on the wing. They've been so small, like they've got they've got Austin Rivers if they're looking for a positional defender, somebody that isn't going to get a lot of steals, but is more so just going to be in the grill of whoever he's guarding. And and that's that's good enough. That's mostly fine. But you need the athletic, physical, lengthy guys. That is like the two three, not just the two. So if you're up to me. I would draft Marjan Beauchamp and Oshai Akbaji and Jalen Williams and Wendell Moore and any of those guys. I think all of them are very valuable. All of them are viable targets. And I think the Nuggets are, are pretty much in the same boat as me. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the Golden State Warriors, who are seemingly crushing the competition right now. We'll be right back. back, pickaxe, and roll. Final segment here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's talk in and wrap this podcast up by talking about the Golden State Warriors. They are up 3-0 right now over the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks who just bested the Phoenix Suns in seven games. Phoenix ultimately proved to be fraudulent. Although I I actually, like, it was just so weird with the way that Phoenix lost and then sort of devolved in that last game that I'm I, I still think that they had the talents to win the title and probably should have won the title this year, but they just were dominated by a better player and, and didn't have like their top guys just didn't match, which is very, very odd. That's, that's not what I would have expected from actually it is what I would have expected from Chris ball. Let's be honest. Um, But the Warriors, Kind of independent of that, have gone through the playoffs now, and they, after making the Nuggets look pretty foolish in the first round, they beat the Golden or they beat the Memphis Grizzlies in six games. Although that was definitely aided by the fact that John ja Morant was out. Did they lose by fifty in one of those games? Yes, the Golden State Warriors lost by fifty in Game Five. They were up three-one. They were clearly not very pressed. Of uh, it, it was definitely within their prerogative to do that. But Kevon Looney comes out and has the game of his life in game six, and you move on. Then you move into the, the Western Conference Finals, and the Warriors have been there before. The Mavericks obviously have not. And Luka Doncic is being guarded and harassed by Andrew Wiggins, of all people. And Wiggins and Kevon Looney and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and everybody in between like Stephen Curry is having a, a really good defensive year as well. Like Those guys are just making his life hell. They are making his life extremely difficult. And the Warriors are now up 3-0 in the series against the Mavericks, who, like I said, beat the fe- freaking Phoenix Suns in seven games. And the Warriors are just out here clowning people. They're making this look easy. They've lost three total games in the playoffs so far. They're 11-3. And And the way that they are performing, it certainly seems like they are on a crash course to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. That'll make it three straight years that the Nuggets have now lost to the Western Conference Finals winner. the the team that has represented the West in the NBA Finals. That is the team that Denver has lost to the last three seasons. They lost to the Lakers in the bubble. They lost to the Phoenix Suns last year. And they lost to the Warriors this year. So it certainly seems like Denver's gotten kind of a rough draw in a lot of cases. For example, had they been the four seed last year, and one against whoever the five seed was. I can't, I can't who was the five seed? It was uh Utah. F- no, no, no. It was uh maybe it was the Clippers. I think it was the Clippers. Like, let's say the Clippers had had been the three-seed and the Nuggets had been the four-seed. And so the Nuggets move on from that first-round series and they beat the Mavericks in the first round. And then they faced the Utah Jazz in the second round. And we know that the Nuggets can definitely beat the Utah Jazz. There was no question about that. Would they have, given that they didn't have Murray, that Barton was out for a little bit, that Monte was still recovering, that they didn't have P.J. Dozier, they, they probably still would have lost. But it does sort of seem like Denver's gotten kind of unlucky with the teams that they've ultimately faced in their Western Conference – in the Western Conference playoffs this year. There's definitely – some school of thought there that the Nuggets are not necessarily getting unlucky, but just that the results that they've had over the course of these last two years aren't as bad as they seem, that they just happen to run into elite teams at the wrong time. And I did make this point that, like, I, th- I don't remember exactly when this was, maybe it was a couple nights ago, that it just seems like every team in the NBA right now is at the same tier every team in the in the playoffs there's no juggernaut there are no awful teams left in the western conference or the eastern conference you kind of weed out the fat a little bit and what what's been left is there's just a lot of teams that i would kind of grade as like 50 to 52 win teams and that's where most of these teams were honestly there wasn't a juggernaut the only juggernaut was the phoenix suns and I think the Celtics in the Eastern Conference have that potential. And I think the Milwaukee Bucks had that potential before they kind of had their wing position really run dry. And they also let P.J. Tucker go. So there were there was potential for a Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals rematch between the, the Bucks and the Suns. And that's what I sort of expected at the beginning of these playoffs. I didn't really... I, I didn't really expect anybody else other than possibly the Celtics to be able to crash that party. Now, it looks like the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors are probably going to be the two teams that represent. It was just very interesting. It's very, very interesting to see how these playoffs have really surprised a whole bunch of people. And yet the Miami Heat, the top seed in the East, is the team that's representing And the Warriors, the number three seed, they they could have been the number two, they could have been the number one, but they got injured throughout the regular season. They were clearly an elite team when they were healthy, and now they're healthy. And what stands out about the Warriors is that they've just got so much depth, they've got so many options, They've, they've cultivated so many of those options through their injuries, that they have guys like Andrew Wiggins who can step up at different points. They have guys like Jordan Poole, Who's coming off the bench for them and still playing like an all star at various points? He doesn't have to every time because they've got Steph and Clay and Draymond, but he's still playing really well. And a guy like Kevon Looney, who looks like a potential Western Conference Finals MVP, was played off the floor by Nikola Jokic. Like he could not stay on the floor versus Denver when Nikola Jokic was out there because Jokic would target him every single time. It was very interesting. And so if you're Denver and you know that you're getting back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter next year, you have to feel reasonably good knowing that the perceived juggernaut that was the Phoenix Suns is definitely no longer a juggernaut. There's, there's no feeling anymore that they are unbeatable with the way that they've gone out in each of the last two postseasons where they kind of crumbled when things went bad. You just got to hit them with the uppercut a couple times and and they'll probably crumble. That's how a lot of teams feel. That's how Patrick Beverly certainly feels. So if you're Denver, you can feel like you have a pretty good chance at going forward. It doesn't like it's not necessarily going to be massive. Like you could still feel pretty good, but you have to get better. Like that's how I would probably describe Denver's offseason now, like Getting back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter isn't going to be enough. You still have to revamp that wing position. But if you can do that and you get back those guys, it's hard not to feel pretty good. It's hard not to feel like you can do a lot of different things. So that's kind of the perspective that I'm at right now. It seems a little bit like disingenuous to talk about the Nuggets and how they Oh, and you feel, you feel fine about them losing to the Warriors in five because other teams are losing to the Warriors in five or six or four. But it does seem true that Denver, without two of their top three guys, was in that position. They've just got to fill a couple of the holes, and then maybe they get there. Ultimately, it's about trusting your talent. It's about trusting whether Nikola Jokic can get you over the top, whether Jamal Murray can get you over the top. And they've done that in the past, or at least gotten pretty close. Denver's roster back then wasn't really prepared for the Los Angeles Lakers. Had they had Aaron Gordon at that point, maybe it would be different. Maybe not. Maybe Denver just wasn't ready. But they're now ready. I think they are mentally prepared. Nikola Jokic especially is mentally prepared for what it takes to win a title. He's also just so much more confident and better than he was those two years ago. So I am very curious to see how Denver approaches this offseason for that reason. If they aren't aggressive, I'll be pretty disappointed. But I do think that these playoffs should now have Denver feeling better about where they are. It's just if they make those last couple of moves, then that pushes them over the top. All right. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Mile High Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support as always. I'll be back on Wednesday. Not sure if I'm going to keep up with this uh, morning recording time. I do kind of like it. It it helps start the day a little bit better. Uh, But I am going to think about that and we'll break down all of the necessary info when it comes out. Should be fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.